What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with head athletic director of Christian Brothers Academy, Vito Chivrilotti. Most of you know him as Coach Vito. He's going to be heading out now, so we thought we'd sit down with him one last time and, and reminisce and talk about some of the good old days at his time at CBA. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Senior Code Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Browder, joined as always by my coach, Jack Coleman, and Coach Vito, as you heard in the intro, is here with us. His final day in the CBA office. We caught him just in time, and we've got him here for yet another, ep- or another episode, another feature, our recurring guest. Vito, how are you doing today? Awesome, guys. I'm just so excited to be with you, and uh, I'm so proud of what you guys have continued to do past CBA. I remember those early days, and... Uh, <laughs> Look, here we are a couple of years later, and you guys are going strong, building a nice following, and so it is, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with both of you. Oh, we, we're very happy to have you back. We love having people that we can call recurring guests, whether it's only been their second episode. That still counts, in our opinion, you know, and we know you've been uh, following us, and we are so appreciative of that, of course, but um, yeah, we just before, really wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Before today's over, I'm campaigning for a weekly spot. Okay. Wow. Hey, we can make that happen. Wow, show. Okay. We'll I got to stay connected to sports and so Yeah. Yeah. We can be that connection for you. We're the, uh, we're the bridge, you know? Yeah. I love it. Honestly, when we started out, I don't think if you told me that we would outlast you at your job, I would have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are going to be around for a long time. We Knock sure on hope. wood. That's the plan. But yeah, so we, we just want to talk about, you know, your favorite CBA moments. We have a lot of questions lined up for you. We're going to finish it with uh, one of our top five lists we do. We'll do a little draft. Jack was thinking of top five, just CBA people, you know, that have been around. Maybe no shade anyone if they're left off. We're just building oh. a goat team of CBA exactly. personalities. And it'll be That's a fun little way to cap it off. But, uh, Jack, I know you've got questions prepared. If you want to kick it off, we can do Definitely. it. Definitely. So, obviously, you are leaving the athletic director title at CBA. Uh, I just want to know what went into that. You know, like, what was the decision-making behind leaving? I, I'm assuming it was a tough call. Um, and if you were involved in the process of selecting, now it's Mr. Mazzucaro as the next uh, athletic director. So talk a bit about that. Well, first, really tough call. I mean, you guys know personally how much I love this place, uh, how much CBA means to me, how much it's family. And so even early on, when when the idea of leaving was first even um, in my mind, I was like, eh, you know, probably not going to happen. And as the conversation started to continue over the course of a few weeks, and it looked like, wow, this could be a great opportunity for me and my family, um, that's when reality starts to set in. And I don't think reality is fully set in yet, because as you can see, I am still in my office today. But um, I think it really hit when, it, when the press release went out, and I got you know, so many former students, uh, parents, teachers, coaches, people from other schools who reached out to me to wish me well and thank me. That was really humbling and and overwhelming. Um, So I'm still kind of processing it, but it was a tough decision. I remember, you know, sitting there um, 
going through a difficult time, you know, and really discussing a lot of it with my wife and, and what was best for our, for our family. And then also personally, how I was going to feel leaving a place that I've called home for 12 years. And thank God for just supportive, a supportive family at home with my wife. Um, but also, um, you know, my extended family and, and CBA people that I could really lean on that made the, helped me get to the decision, which wasn't going to be easy, but I knew it was the best thing to do. And so here we are, and I'm really excited about the future, not only for myself, but I'm, now that they've announced that Mr. Mazzucaro will be taking over um, the athletic department here, could not be happier for CBA. The academy is in great hands. And, you know, obviously, when you move on from a job, um, you know, you do feel that connection that you want it to be left in good hands, not that you're going to have a part in that and not that you'll ever know um, because you're not really a part of the process in, in, in hiring your replacement. That's, that's not typically how it happens. Right. Um, but especially a place that, you know, I'm very proud of what we've been able to do here at CBA in my 12 years and in my six years as athletic director. And so um, to have Mr. Mazzucaro take over is like a dream because I, I do know how amazing he's going to be for the community and, and how, what great hands CBA is in. And I knew that was going to be the case no matter who they went with because Brother Frank and Mr. Fails, you know, the leadership here, they, they are mission-driven, mission-oriented. And uh, I knew they were going to select somebody who's going to continue that great mission that we have in the tradition of our athletic program. So get ready because Mr. Mass is going to be, he's going to be excellent. Yeah, and I was going to ask, uh, you kind of started to get there already, especially with the mission-driven um, side of Mr. Mezzacaro, but just hiring you know, in, in-house, right? Hiring from CBA, an alum himself, who's also been coaching the past couple of years, the cross-country team. Uh, I'm guessing that was really, you know, a good sign for you that it was going to be a good successor for you. Obviously, you came in the same way, being a graduate, already coaching a team, and then getting that spot. So do you feel like that could be, you know, similar to the path that you took? hundred percent. I see a lot of similarities. You know, it's, um, you can look at it a couple different ways. It's always good to have that outside fresh perspective, but when you have somebody who knows the culture so well, you know, they're really, it's hard to, it's hard to put a price tag on that, right? Somebody yeah. who can come understands the culture, understands the mission, understands the families, understands the students. Um, you know, that is so valuable. And, you know, a former athlete here, a current coach here, uh, somebody who's taught in the building, um, you know, it, it, one of our more successful athletes that, that CBA's ever had, and probably arguably our most successful sport, I mean, you just have a great recipe for the future. And so I do think that when you have that candidate who's in-house and who's as talented and as bright as Mr. Mazzucaro, um, it's, it's going to be better than anybody else you can find. And, and he's going to do a splendid job. And, and you guys understand this being graduates, but there's just that special, unique uh, bond that we all share. And so understanding and knowing that mission as well as we do as alums, to be able to come back, it's almost seamless, right? Yeah. And even though I was away from CBA for almost a decade, when I came back, the students were different. Ten years had passed. Education had slightly changed but the academy was still in my blood. And so it, it, there's something to be said for that. And I, and I get chills even just saying that because the academy <laughs> will always be in my blood. Um, and, uh, and so I'm really proud to say that Mr. Matt is going to be a great, great choice. 
No, I, I definitely think so too. After you, you explained it at all, I'm just a little upset. You didn't wait a couple more years and I could have maybe tried out for the oh, job. Let me tell you, that was, uh, that was in my plans. I asked my employer, my future employer, I said, can we hold off a little bit? <laughs> I, in the runnings, you know, do a great job. Yeah. So, but it's okay. yeah, we'll, sorry, Jack. We'll, we'll have to, it'll be a co-athletic director uh, role between yeah. Aiden and myself when Maz uh, retired. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. Moves on. <laughs> we'll come back like you said the academy you have to have coach maz on you got to have him on the show yeah, no we have to Definitely. right like it's a no-brainer now so maybe I'll put in we'll, a good word yeah we'll get the cross-country <laughs> guy too to to set us up um so what was something that you personally were looking for um in, in the next person to come i know you said some stuff about maz but what were some of the key things that you wanted to see out of a guy even if they were coming from outside of the academy it's hard. That's a great question, Jack, because it's really hard to say. I think that, you know, you could have um, a lot of different personality types that can be really successful at this job. And, and there are different strengths to the position. And I, I think that um, uh, from what I see in, in the hire of Coach Maz, I think in some ways we share similar strengths, strengths but in other ways he's going to bring um, talents that I didn't have to the position. And so I think different views um, are important because you don't want uh, the same type of person continuing to be in the position for a long time, because I do think that you lose that momentum, you lose that ability to shift, you lose that perspective. And so having a fresh set of eyes from anywhere, from coming outside, but obviously somebody who's already in the building understanding the mission, but can see things a little bit differently. And you also have to remember, we're six years now away from the previous AD, right? So Mr. Shigutsky, who had been here for a very long time and had established CBA athletics as, um, you know, one of the best athletic programs in the country, you know, now it's, there's been a six year buffer where things have once again changed. We've changed where we are digitally. We've changed yeah. where we are with our facilities. We've changed where we are even with a lot of the coaching hires that we've made. And so Mr. Mazzucaro is now going to see things from that lens where I saw things from a completely different lens. Right. So um, we just keep moving. And so it's hard to say, you know, what I was looking for. I just, I think it's really important for the next person, whoever the next person was going to be. I just thought it was really important that they had a very strong vision for what they felt CBA athletics could be, you know, five, 10 years from now. And, you know, when I took the job, when I was, uh, when, when it was uh, offered to me and I accepted, you know, my vision for CBA was not, I didn't think I was going to be here six years. I I had a vision of what is CBA going to be like? What is CBA athletics going to be like 25 years? Mm-hmm. No, not, and, and that's, I think you have to have that type of vision so that you can, no matter what leadership role you're in, so that you can start to lay the pieces and the foundation that have a purpose behind it. And I think Mr. Mascaro is going to have that sort of long-term vision and also the ability to do the day-to-day. So that's what I would say. Yeah. And I mean, laying the foundation, whether, you know, you didn't have the 25 years to make those changes for year 25, but you put in the foundation, like you said, in the groundwork. And if Mr. Mazzucaro has his own vision for the future, he can carry off from what you were building, might take it to a different direction, like you said, but still it's a positive direction. I mean, you probably didn't expect the digital media phase that we came into and that Jack and I really benefited from. Like that was one thing that I thought was awesome about where we were moving, especially with you in charge as AD. And that got us to where we are. You know, we're very grateful for that. And I think it got CBA basketball, especially, but other sports now too, into yeah. a bigger lens and a bigger viewership, you know? So stuff like that, we don't even see yet. But if Mr. Maz is moving forward and positively like you did, 
we'll just keep picking that up and that'll be awesome for the program. Yeah, I knew, I knew early on, I mean, in my interview, I did, that was one of the things that I thought was really important was getting us, getting our sports programs into the digital age. And I had a model to follow. It wasn't like I made it up. I looked at what the colleges were doing and I said something at CBA, um, there's going to be an appetite for this at CBA, not only from our students, guys like you, who I knew were going to be into it. Um, and you know, you weren't even there when I, I think you might've been a freshman when you were yeah. when I first started. Right. So yep. just coming into the school, not knowing what you were going to get into. Yeah. So also from the parents, right? Also from the alums. I can't tell you in the six years, especially in the first three years, after we launched a CBA branded website, after we launched Cult Center, even simple things like the early days of Twitter, when I first started, Twitter, like not everybody was on Twitter yet. Yeah. And we were, and we were tweeting out scores. And that was looked at. I mean, you, can you imagine that saying that today? Yeah. Tweeting out scores is looked at as like, you know, the earth shattering. And yeah. I remember, um, you know, being out in the community and seeing alums, guys that I had taught and be like, oh my God, if that was the number one thing that everybody would come up to me and say, oh, thanks so much. I love being on Twitter following, you know, CBA ice hockey, yeah. CBA basketball. And that was only done. That vision was only able to get accomplished through the hard work of our staff, our coaches um, who were, you know, either getting managers or in some cases themselves tweeting yeah. a game. You know, so we got buy-in from the coaches. We got buy-in from student managers. And then eventually we had to for basketball. <laughs> yeah, you did it for basketball. And eventually we had the Digital Sports Network. Yeah. yeah. No, Digital really Sports Network was just awesome. Like for that to come out of nowhere, really. And Aiden and I already being sports guys, like it's a community in, uh, I almost said BC, but <laughs> CBA, <laughs> where like there's the athletes, there's, you know, your theater guys, and then you have this weird middle where there's like guys who love sports, can talk sports all day, but don't play. And it's like there was no outlet for them. And that's a good yeah. chunk of the population. So Digital Network was huge for us who are big sports nerds and just want to, you know, talk sports like they do on ESPN. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, Mr. Lutz was a huge part of that. You know, with yes. Lutz coming in, that, that would have you – no. Know, so, again, you lay the vision, but then you have to have – the people who believe in it and who can then take it to the next level. And so I'm just so happy to see where we've come. And, and um, from when I started six years ago, I can't wait to see where it goes now. So I have two quick follow-up questions that I feel like I can't just not ask about this process. Yeah. Uh, you in, in terms of moving on. So firstly, obviously you had a baby girl recently absolutely adorable on instagram and everything i see the pictures especially in the mets jerseys and everything it's just adorable but, I, yeah i know I'm, I'm torturing her by making her mess <laughs> i wasn't given a choice she won't either so yeah. i have to say obviously it's 50 50 chance all guys school if you had a son would you have stayed Wow. Oh, that's a great question. Wow. If your son were to oh, that is, that is a great question. Um, so, so the honest answer is no. It wouldn't have mattered, <laughs> but it would have been a hard, even harder decision than it was. Okay. You know, so yeah, I mean, I always look. If I have a son and I'm in Monmouth County, uh, you know, as long as they accept him, he's coming here, right? So yeah, yeah. But uh, look, there's only one place, uh, and, and as much as I love this place, I hope my son. Hopefully, I have a son one day, and hopefully, he'll be here. But um, but yeah, I mean, I always thought it'd be cool one day to be teaching and coaching 
and then uh, maybe my son's in the doors. But yeah, yeah it, it, it would have been a, a little bit of a harder decision, but that's not the reason why. Right. Okay. Um, and then the second one is either over the years or I don't know if this situation was just between CB, like staying at CBA or your new job. Have you had any kind of offers in terms of coaching what like maybe like a college program or an AD at like a lower level college or something like moving up Good question the sports world? Yeah, it's a great question. So I explored, I explored a lot of that over the last couple of years, you know, and um, I didn't know where my future was going, but I, I would tell you that um, I, I always, I, I didn't know if I was going to grow out of the role of TBA as being AD. I didn't know if I was ever going to move forward. Um, I had my master's, so I had my certificates. I could be, you know, a principal in the state of New Jersey. I could move on to be an assistant principal or a principal or whatever. And so I did have that path. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And so I started a couple of years ago exploring what, what could be next? What, what are my options, right? And so I looked into the college athletics. I did speak to a number of colleges um, about how, how, how would somebody break in from high school to college? Um, I never really explored much of coaching in college yeah. because I did think that, that that was not going to be my path. I was really looking for leadership roles. Mm -hmm. But that being a college AD would be um, something that I'm definitely would be interested in. And so as I explored it, I did notice that the biggest factor, honestly, was moving. You know, to take some of these positions, you're uprooting your family two or three yeah. times before maybe you get to a destination that, you know, financially makes sense and also is, you know, uh, at that D1 level if you want to be there, right? And so very rarely are you going from, you know, never being in college sports to being the AD of Stanford, right? Right you got some steps there that you got to take. And so understanding that process was really important for me. And so as I began to really focus on what was important in my life at this time, you know, having now a 16 month old, she's 16 months old today. And oh, wow. yeah. And so wanting to build a family, you know, moving constantly wasn't something in the cards for us. And so um, that kind of eliminated that college AD college coaching uh, path for me. So, so although I did explore it, I never really took it to that next level simply because I think family right now is the most important thing. And, um, and also we love Monmouth County, New Jersey, and, uh, and we want to try to stay here as long as we can. And, uh, and so that was a big part of the decision. Now, obviously yeah. your next job is taking you, sorry, Jack, I just got to follow up quick. Um, obviously this next job taking you out of the sports world, but say, yeah. let's say just a rough 20 years from now, you know, where your, your daughter is now in college and about to graduate from college. It's not really, you know, doesn't matter too much where the family is. She's not uprooting her. She's already out of the house. Um, and maybe your other kids are, you know, if more kids are on the way, you know, that's all figured out. Would you be interested in coming back into the sports world, whether that's another high school role, whether that is a college role and you think it makes more sense, is that still open to you or do you think you've moved away from it? A hundred percent. I mean, I, listen, I, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of other things that I want to do. And that is what this was about for me. Uh, the decision came down for me. Um, it came down to, uh, you know, continuing CBA, which is a place that I love, or uh, challenging myself in new ways and seeing what else this life has to offer me. And yeah. so I really chose that path to see where it could go. There are other things that I want to pursue, but Guys, at the end of the day, I'm a coach at heart. Yeah. Learned that about myself while being at CBA over the last 12 years. So I hope I can continue in sports in some small way. I mean, there are even some like youth 
baseball teams that I've coached yeah. the last few years that I'll, I'll keep, you know, uh, I'll, I'll keep helping out with, you know, uh, whether it be a weekend here or a practice there. I told my buddies like, Hey, call me. I, I still want to be a part of it. Um, but even if it's at the end, even if it's just, I coach my daughter's like, you know, swim team one day, right. Or, or, or travel team or whatever it might be. I do see myself continuing to stay in sports and I can 100% see a path where, you know, 15, 20 years from now, I'm, I'm coaching high school again. Um, if somebody would have me, uh, I don't want to close that door at all because I know how passionate I am about, about coaching and about being around, um, you know, young, inspiring kids who want to be better. And I, I just hope I can be a part of that one day again. I'm sure you can. And also, if you want that weekly role, you know, we'll get you there. If that's your small thing for sports early, you know, we can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great. We'll have a little, uh, little, you know, have me on once a week. Yeah. We'll work out the the Mets a little bit. Just talk to my agent. We'll figure it out. Sure thing. We can do that. Um, but no, that's totally cool. And honestly, after coaching all these, these guys over the years, you know, maybe it's time to coach the daughter now, now that you have her and, yeah, that's the coolest thing ever is being a dad and being able to coach your own kid and train them. Like you can make your daughter an absolute stud of an athlete. That's going to be incredible. <laughs> I'm nervous that's about it, saying. Jack. <laughs> I'm so, well, that's why Aiden, that's why I'm nervous about it because yeah. you don't want to be so overbearing that they want to present it. Yeah. And no. so it's like finding that balance. Uh, I never was nervous coaching one of my athletes at CBA or any over the years, but I'm super nervous about potentially coaching my daughter. And yeah. It's really, it's, it's interesting. You wouldn't think it before you were a father, you know? That's funny. Even outside of coaching though, like, you know, the people in the, in, in the area and in the industry that can help her right. if were to pursue something. So that alone is just, a, good point. you know, one up on everyone else when, when she's older. So we already got her in the pool. So we're oh, man. <laughs> Olympian in the making. Let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> Junior Olympics in 10 years. We're on the way. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. So I had another um, quick question. Was this decision to leave done over, you know, the time of quarantine and, and Corona? Like, did it first pop in your head during this time? No. Yeah. So the, the, actually the, the, um, the opportunity presented itself to me. It wasn't like I was applying for jobs. Okay. Um, you know, I was approached about an opportunity that was becoming available uh, and and um, with a company called Striker. So I don't know if you guys know Striker, they're into medical devices, was always a, a, um, a field that I was really interested in. I had friends who were in that field and I was, you know, there's something about being in the operating room and dealing with the surgeons and helping out that outcome that was also always appealing to me. Never thought I'd be in a position to, to take a job in the field. But as I talked to my friends, it was like, wow, this is a great career path. And so um, it was probably uh, in April when I first had learned about this. And I got to tell you guys, at first I was like, I, w- I didn't even call the guy back. Right? I, I wasn't entertaining yeah. it. I was like, eh, whatever, you know? And then um, there was a follow-up. And then as the conversations progressed, that's where uh, for me, it, be- it started to set in that this was such a great opportunity and something that I was going to enjoy doing. And so I didn't make a final decision until June. Um, and uh, so it did happen over quarantine. It did happen during those time, that time away. Um, and, uh, and it gave me a good time to think about it though. So do you think that influenced it at all though? Do you think like, just, it's not that you don't know if sports come back, because obviously they are. It's just a weird time for CBA and schools in general. Do you think 100%. just that time of, 
you know, not being sure what's going on and what the short-term future holds, did that have any effect in it? Or was it more, this is something I want to try out. This is something like, regardless of the time period, I wanted to try this out. You know, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It was regardless of the time period. Um, you know, I really did want to, this was, uh, again, it was really this specific opportunity. And so when it came up, I was like, this is something that could be really good for me. It would have, it wouldn't have mattered when it happened. Right. I was staying involved, obviously, with uh, being put on the New Jersey task force to get us back to return to play, which I have a meeting tomorrow still. So I'm still staying involved in that because I do want to see us return to sports. Definitely. You know, I want to see high school sports return if we can. Yeah. And, uh, and so being a part of that solution is still, I'm still very passionate about it. And so I'll stay on the committee as long as they'll have me. But so, yeah, it was really, um, uh, you know, not, uh, it was just coincidence that it happened during this time. Uh, but it had, it wasn't a factor in the decision. Gotcha. Also, you mentioned that you realized, you know, through that whole two month thinking period and decision period, um, you realized it's something you knew you were going to enjoy. And I think that was kind of the key of what you just said there, because when you have a position that you're so clearly passionate about and you've enjoyed for the past 12 years now, just coaching and being at CBA again, I think obviously knowing that you could be leaving something you already like and grass is always greener, blah, blah, blah. If you know, you know, truly, this is something I'm going to enjoy. It's a new path for me. I want to challenge myself. Like you said earlier, then I think it's a great decision. You know, it's great that you can say that confidently already without having done it yet, because that really is the difference maker. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and I think I had a heads up having um, some friends who over the years have been able to talk to about it and just, again, not in any way, thinking I'd ever get involved in it, but just, Hey, you know, talking about their job, whatever, yeah. and hearing it and in the back of my mind, I was like, man, that's a, that's, that's pretty neat. And I think for me, it comes down to, um, I've learned this about myself being at CBA for 12 years. It, it's about the mission, right? And so for me here, the mission was very clear in a lot of jobs. The mission isn't always clear. And that's why I think it was hard. It, I think it was hard for me personally, and I think it's hard for a lot of educators to see themselves doing anything else. Yeah. Education, the mission is just so clear, right? And especially at a place like CBA. And so I really learned about, for me, that's what drove me. To be passionate about my job was a strong mission. And when I could have framed it in the sense of, well, I'm gonna be literally helping. And what sold it for me was being in the OR on my ride along and seeing the reps do what they were doing and saying, wow, you have a legitimate value in the outcome of that surgery. That's what really sold it for me. And I was like, I, this is, this is mission driven. I can help here. And, um, and everything else sounded great, but for me. And, uh, and so it's the same thing that I always try to tell our students and, and swimmers I've had over the years, although it might be a little uncomfortable leaving a, you know, your nest. Um, sometimes it's, it's the way you can continue to grow. And so that's what I'm really hoping to get from this. Yeah, and I think you will. That is awesome to hear that for you. Yeah, really excited for you. Thanks. So in terms of your actual career as AD at CBA, um, let's just run through a, a couple of things. So like what was the greatest sports memory at your time as AD and maybe as your time as a student as well? Wow. That is a great question. It's a big um, one. <laughs> holy heck. I, there's no way I'd be able to – to, to get it to one. I mean, here are the ones that come to my mind immediately, right? First state championship we won in swimming. That's the first thing that comes to my mind because there's a moment in time that is just going to be frozen for me. And that is Harrison Sofalo looking at me um, when we thought we lost the meet and St. Augustine false started 
and was disqualified. Oh, wow. Changing the tone. And that's how we won our first that's uh, awesome. championship when I was coach, right? Right. For our first right. I, I get chills just thinking about that and seeing Harrison's face. And that's something that a uh, memory that a moment in time that me and Harrison will share forever. And so um, that's the first thing that comes to me. Huge memory. Um, as I remember being AD, um, one enormous moment and probably one of the most exciting moments, not just at CBA, but in sports that I've ever been a part of. And that was Sebastian Rivera winning the state title. Mm. Dual state title down in Atlantic City. You know, you, you're in this place where there's thousands. I mean, you're in an arena. I'd never, not being a wrestler, I'd never experienced that before. Right. You're in an arena with thousands of of passionate wrestling fans and if you don't know high school wrestling and how passionate new jersey high school wrestling is mm-hmm. it's insane. these yeah. people are you know they go to this event every single year um it's their thing and so to have thousands of people and our guy we haven't won a state title since 19 since pete black in 1967 and this is our chance and here's rivera and he's down with like less than a minute to go he's losing and then for him to turn it around and I got it on video. That was the most exciting moment. One of the most exciting sports moments I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was just the, the energy in that stadium at that time. It was unbelievable. So that one definitely comes to mind. Um, uh, and, and obviously, like, some incredible teams we've had, like the baseball team in 2015. Yeah. It's won it all. Um, you know, uh, the many, many hockey runs we've had since I was AD. I mean, we, you know, um, and even beyond the runs that we had in hockey, playing at Yankee Stadium, you know, when we got to play against Don Bosco Prep. That's right, yeah. Um, and then I think another huge memory of mine since we're on hockey was one of the most powerful moments, and that was our military appreciation game, our first military appreciation game where uh, we raised over $15,000 and were able to purchase a service dog. Oh, right. That was a really powerful moment. Um, And then to actually meet the man a year later Mm. who had received Colt, who we named him Colt. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So, I mean, there's so many things I can go on and on, but there has just been some, there've been some incredible memories and moments that will last a lifetime. So kind of on the, flip side of that were there or looking back now were there any regrets I mean I know a lot of people are like I have no regrets I wouldn't change a single thing but is there anything you wish you could have done differently in your time as an AD that's a great question I mean I think people say they don't have regrets because things play out the way that I don't want to say the way they're supposed to because I think that's a little cliche but I do think that as things there's, you're never going to be able to drop a blueprint of how things would work perfectly. So you can always look back and say, yeah, this could have been better. I could have, you know, I even said in my letter to the community, I was not perfect. I mean, there was no way I was perfect. There were things, there were mistakes made that some were visible, some weren't behind the scenes. People would never know, but I know that I could have been better in that moment. Right. So as you look back, but because of all of those things happening, I think the product of all of that is everything gets better and you continue to improve. And, um, and so I think it's the product and the sum of all of those things working together. And so, although I can't think of one specific regret, um, you know, that's, that's glaring. Uh, you know, I, I do think that over the years, the mistakes that I, I made either served me better or are, or will serve the school better going forward. Definitely. I think that's the, 
perfect answer to that question because you know like jack said when people say they have no regrets it's not true you know they they right. want to just approach it as if i did the best i could obviously there are other factors that you know i couldn't control but so because of that you know no regrets but that's the right answer is yeah i wasn't perfect and we still you know got on as we should and i learned from it you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger these are moments you take and now into your next career path and the one after that any mistakes you had, you learned from them and we kept going. So honestly, like if you ask me, maybe perfect's not the word I'd say, but I'd say you were a damn good AD. So like <laughs> I wouldn't know about the mistakes you made, you know, whether I saw them or not. So, you know, it's just also the biggest critic of yourself is yourself. So you're going to yes. see all those things, hold on to them. The best answer to that question, I know this isn't a question for you, but is to say, you know, yeah, I wasn't perfect, but I'm not holding on to any regrets. You know, I'm not holding on to anything that really held me back. So Good answer. Well done. <laughs> well, I tell you what, and and you know, I just always tried to, and, and I actually told Mr. Mascaro this, and he, you know, I didn't have to tell him it, but um, if I was imparting any, try to impart any wisdom about being in position, is at the end of the day, I always tried to hold you guys, the kids, the students here. I wanted to make sure that you were you were the priority. And I felt like if I was making decisions in the best interest of the students, um, that everything would work out, and that I could at least sleep at night. And, was it perfect? Not every decision that you make as an administrator is actually for the students, but they should all be tailored for the students in some way. And so I think that's why, like you said, I think Aiden perfectly, I'm not holding on to any regrets, right? Yeah. Just forward and uh, everything did happen for the reason it did. And, 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 you know, it's in good hands now. So. Yes, sir. So another quick kind of light question uh, that I want to ask before, but do you remember maybe like the loudest or largest cult crazy fan section that you have seen and witnessed at CBA? Two. One was happy. One was sad. Okay. Um, so we'll take the sad. Yeah, no, no. So I'll pick the happy one first. Okay. The happy one first is all right. I'll go sad one first, so I can turn around. The sad one's probably the largest crowd I've ever seen. Okay. Largest crowd I've ever seen was short conference basketball game fine yeah. against Rumson. CBA crowd I ever saw. And that was one of the worst two hours. That was two of the worst hours of my time as athletic director. I felt just so bad for our guys. They couldn't get anything clicking. And I think they shot under 10% that game. I mean, it was, they couldn't hit a shot. And, um, you know, it was a really tough day for us. And to see, to feel the energy prior to the game was, I felt, I mean, it felt like every single student in the school was there at oh, yeah. university. Um, it just did, it, it, we never were able to really utilize the cold crazies that night because we were just totally out of the game. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, that was a tough night. That was a tough night, but what a, what a showing. I mean, everybody came out for that game. And then the happy one is state soccer one of our first state soccer championships that we went to when I was AD. Mm. I mean, I mean, I remember looking up at the stands at, at uh, Kane and just seeing like, you know, just all the whole, every single row was filled with co crazies. Um, actually, there's one other one and that's hockey. Mm. Uh, we, I think in my six years, we were at the Prudential Center, I want to say three times. Mm -hmm. And those crowds were always enormous, including this past year, which Literally, if you would have told me this is going to be the last high school sporting event for CBA in 2020, I would have been like, what are you kidding me? Oh, wow. Yeah. That state hockey championship game this year was our last taste of sports at CBA. And I mean, the crowd was enormous. 
um, and uh, and what an exciting way to go out with the championship. Mm-hmm. I know. I just saw. Uh, I think it was like Simon Fitzgerald or somebody posting about like they just got their rings, you know, showing them off. It was awesome to see. So it, like bittersweet. Obviously, we missed out on our spring season. There were a lot of sports we could have had, yeah. but to end on on top and on a you know state yeah. championship is pretty cool. You know, like we'll take that. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. I felt terrible for the spring kids. I mean, this is adversity that never thought would ever come that you would just have, you know, maybe your senior season just completely gone. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, so these guys are resilient. uh, There's no doubt. And um, I'm really proud of the way they handle themselves over the last few months. I'm just, you know, I'm praying that we can get back to normal and get back to sports. Soon enough, hopefully. Right. But yeah. uh, Yeah. Boy, but you're yeah. seeing, you know, just to kind of transition a little bit, but you're seeing those challenges, right, at the major league level now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Baseball right now is all up in the air. And I'm up sure we are definitely going to talk about this today at some yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. We get into it a little here. I mean, the Marlins are – it's a scary look. They, they, they're basically out of it right now. Thankfully, the Phillies didn't have any players test positive today. I don't. He just had a staff member. I not, not a player yet, but, yes, just yes. a staff member. Um, and it's a mess. I mean, yeah, we can say this. Obviously, Jack and I need to do an yeah. episode together. <laughs> but what I will say quickly is, like, there are teams that are already ignoring the protocol that BMLB set. You know, Juan Soto tested positive on opening day, and the Nats still played. And luckily, no one tested positive after. But apparently, the Marlins knew about a case, and they went in and played that Sunday game. And then eight players test positive the day after. The Phillies probably will have some more people test. It's crazy. But obviously, we all want sports back. You know, I think both the owners, the uh, commissioner, and then ourselves as fans, we're all just pushing to see some kind of live sports. Right. The bad part of that is that we're probably not ready for it yet. But soon enough, yeah. Well, I think NBA and NHL are going to be okay in the bubble. They, how that's been working out has been pretty good. Uh, but football, I really don't think is going to work out this year. I'm dreading the day that one of my fantasy players comes up and has coronavirus and screws <laughs> me out of, out of a week. But I know it's going to happen. I know that football is going to be tough. I know baseball, these full season uh, type deals are just not really going to work out like these bubble situations. Yeah, especially when they're traveling, you know. Yes. Um, and I think NFL is watching very closely right now what's happening with Major League Baseball. And, you know, look, there's no doubt that by, by uh, agreeing to have these sports go on, I think they knew that there was going to be some risk that there were going to be situations like this, not necessarily outbreaks, but players were going to probably test positive and you put in those measures to try to control it. If this happens to four or five teams, right. And then, then what do you do? You can't just shut down games for, you know, two, three weeks. So I think that is the tricky part. And I'm just, I'm really hopeful that everybody can stay healthy that even the players that have gotten this, that um, they haven't either spread it to vulnerable populations or they themselves can recover. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I'm a huge Met fan and I was listening to Freddie Freeman's experience and how he was really scared about how high fever was spiking. And so you just pray for these players now that they can stay healthy. Exactly, because some things are bigger than sports. I know all three of us try to uh, not believe that sometimes, but no, you know, we have to put other things first sometimes. Not on this show, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, look, it's a fabric of who we are as a society. Sports is a part of our lives, there's no doubt. Does it have a place in the priority scale? Yeah, of course it does. I think we can say that. But there's no doubt that you can't just – you know, simply take it out and think that everything's okay. And and that's more important. Look, selfishly, we want we want pro sports back, but it's more important at the youth level because yeah. that's a part of, you know, the development of an adolescent or somebody yeah. 
It's part of their identity to a certain degree, like going out there, playing with your friends, you know, being, so it's even more important at the youth level to try to get back safely to play. Definitely. I mean, I'm working right now at uh, Napson Country Club, like my fourth or fifth year doing tennis program with them. And just to see, we have had by far overwhelmingly the most amount of kids we've ever had signed up for these camps because they just want to be back out of the house doing something active and having fun with friends. And it's been a great year. I mean, overwhelming as a coach, like there are way too many kids at the camp. Like it gets a little out of control, but it's fun, you know, and people really want to be there. And like you said, I mean, this is like crucial exercise for these kids just to get out, figure out what they do enjoy doing. If they already know to get better at it, maybe they want to take it into high school or maybe college if they're good. It really goes a long way. And making those friendships along the way, it's yep. crucial. So like you said, I think this is maybe more important than the pros who already have made so much money. And yes, it is their living, but they're good for a year. You know, we, let's get these kids back safe and, you know, back out on the field doing something. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, and I keep saying that the first actual game back, whether it's professional or now thinking about it, high school even, the first game back with fans in a community together in the stands is just going to be such a magical moment. I remember I was wor I'm working this summer up at the beach, and there was a Little League game going on uh, a couple weekends ago, the first one, and all these parents pulling in, just being like, baseball's back, baseball's back. And I was pumped. I sat outside and watched it as my first, like, live game in months. <laughs> like, we need this. We miss this. But, you know, got to follow the, the proper precautions and, and safety. But I'm hoping we, uh, we can bring back sports soon enough. Definitely. Um, but I have two final questions before we move on to our top five to round out the end of the episode. Awesome. Firstly, over the years, who has been the most impressive coach as well as player of an opposing team that you have witnessed? Wow. So not a CBA coach or CBA player. No, I feel like I feel like some some feelings may get hurt there. So I want to That's talk fair. about I appreciate that. Yeah, that would have put me in a tough spot. Yeah. <laughs> I would have answered your question. I don't dodge questions. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so opposing coach. Um Oh, that's a great question. That's a really great question. There have been, there's, I mean, there's a number of legendary coaches, you know, in the short conference alone. So it's hard to pick one. Um, I do feel like, oh man, you know, by name, I, listen, you know, Shampi at, at, at Rumson does a heck of a job with his program. Um, there's no doubt those kids always come to play. Um, when even even in scrimmages, when they would come in and play us in scrimmages, so um, he's he's a guy who definitely stands out uh, for sure. Um, as far as a player, wow, player that I mean, there are a number of them. Um, the first guy that comes to my mind as one of the most impressive athletes that I saw and I'm a little biased here because I got to see him firsthand was Connor Yeager. Oh so cool. We obviously know Connor Yeager went on to be an Olympian. Yeah. But um but it was my first year coaching swimming. And I, you know I had you know some swimming chops of my my own when I was in high school. And so I knew the sport at a somewhat of a high level even though I didn't swim in college I at a high level in high school. And so coming back to to coach at CBA and not knowing where the sport had progressed, um, obviously things have gotten faster. But when I saw Connor Yeager in the water, I was like, who is this? I mean, he was just 
so far above and beyond everybody else in the water. And it was really like that Babe Ruth moment, right? Where it's like, you have an athlete who's so much better than everybody else in whatever he decides to do. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so as far as an opponent, um, athlete, Connor is one of the first that comes to my mind. Now, how do you approach coaching your team when you have to, you know, whichever swimmers you have in the water against Connor, how do you motivate them? You know, when you say this guy is the Babe Ruth of swimming, you know, right now, it's yeah. going to be tough, but what do you say? What are you saying? To them? Say that. <laughs> I, inspire, I inspire them by saying, stay out of his wake. That's what yeah. I mean. just don't get caught in his wake. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a, in a sport like swimming, it's easy. In sports that are like baseball or basketball, where there's more strategy involved, you know, you have to try to either mitigate how much a player can impact you. But in swimming, it is what it is, right? You know the time's coming in. And so you can't play defense. Um, What you have to do is, to be honest, if you do have one of your star swimmers going up in the lane right next to them, what you want is almost like a horse race. You almost want to put blinders on the side of the swimmer because if they're impacted by Connor's race, that'll take them out of their own race. Maybe they try a little too fast too early and then they run out of steam and they can't finish the race as strong. And so there is some strategy involved in swimming, but I would just in that moment, just tell them, Hey, you got to focus on your lane. This guy's going to get way out in front of you. You know, it. I know it. There's no shame in knowing that, but let's not let that impact your race. Right. So although you can't play defense in swimming, that is a way to try to um, not allow what's going on in the other lanes to impact you. And there are other moments where what's going on in the other lanes, you want it to impact you because it's going to be so close that that could actually give you the edge. Right. And so managing expectations is what I would say is probably the advice. Cool. Yeah. Cause as, as you said, that, that is a future Olympian at the time of you take him <laughs> on. So you, and you, it sounds like you could tell it pretty easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> he oh yeah. He was special. Yeah. Um, now my last uh, question here, and, and I guess this is kind of a good way to sum everything up, but what is, you know, the challenges going forward for, you know, Maz coming in and CBA athletics in general, what is the future of this program? And that's something that I guess Maz is going to have to figure out along the way, but day one, what should he be striving to not necessarily fix, but prepare the school for and adapt towards, you know? Yeah. Well, look, COVID aside, which we know is going to be the challenge of the very near future, right? Um, which every school, every AD in the country, regardless of new or a 20 year veteran, they're all going to have to deal with it for the first time. Right. So there are, everybody's in there in, in is, is a, is a rookie when it comes to dealing with COVID. Um, so beyond those obvious challenges, uh, what did I see as some of the potential challenges if I were to stay right before pre COVID, what were the things that were on my mind that I believe need to be on the next eighties mind? And, uh, the number one thing is, is coaching. Uh, look, to have great programs, CBA has been able to have great programs because we have great coaches, right? So we have coaches who buy into a mission-driven approach. We have coaches who are able to reach their athletes who, who are selfless, right? It's not like we pay coaches $100,000 a year to come and coach CBA. You know, it started out with, you know, a history teacher or a science teacher or, you know, I mean, it, it, that, who had some experience in that sport and came down. But What's happened over the last 20 years is sports have become so specialized. If you think about it, there are so many travel programs where where being a coach is actually a career path now, but you don't have to be a teacher to be a coach. You can run a travel organization. And so that expertise 
is very, very specialized. And that's what parents come to expect a lot, which is um, a certain level of expertise. Well, so the challenge for CPA going forward is going to be to continue to attract great coaches, you know, and, and having a coach available, having somebody who can be a great coach available at three o'clock in the afternoon is not easy, right? Because if they're not in the world of education, it somewhat limits your, um, the market where you can grab them from, right? Because they have to be ready for games and practices. So I would say, you know, continuing the, the legacy of finding great coaches is always going to be a challenge, but it's becoming even more of a challenge now that with travel programs, really capturing a lot of those great coaches too. Um, and then the second thing, I'll put two and three together. It's like 2A and 2B because nobody thinks of this. 2A, transportation. There, <laughs> we, are, we almost have a transportation crisis uh, where it is really difficult to find enough uh, drivers to be able to take uh, the teams to the games, right? And it's, it, nobody would ever think of that, but it is a problem and it's gonna be escalated a little bit in COVID. Um, and the 2B the, the is referees, officials. Mm -hmm. Who wants to be an official today? Yeah. You know, we need to understand that we're not going to appreciate officials until they're gone. Yeah. So we can't have games. We can't have fair play games because we don't have anybody to officiate them because we crazy fans, crazy parents, crazy, crazy athletic administrators. I'm not taking <laughs> out of the conversation here. We've driven them out of the game. Yeah. Crazy podcasters too. It's crazy on. podcasters. We've been right? there. So, those are challenges that face sports in, 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 you know, I don't want to say the distant future and, or, you know, but in the future. Yeah. Definitely. Really interesting. I, I wouldn't have even thought of those last two. So that's really, really cool. Going to have robo umpires in the MLB pretty soon at this point, right? Gonna... That's one way to get rid of it. Yeah. That's one yeah. way to get rid of the problem. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see a robot. How are you guys with that though? How do you feel about a robo umpire? I don't like it. Like, well, the first, the first Yankee game, like on Thursday, uh, immediately I'm rooting for Garrett Cole to get his strikeouts. And there were terrible like calls, you know, on both sides. Again, I'm the biased Yankees fan already going off about it, but like there would be a call where it's like a little outside. They called a strike on judge or whatever, or Cole gets robbed of a pitch on the corner. But that's me looking at the screen, looking at this strike zone that I think is so set. But it's not. It's just an overlay that the umpire doesn't even see. Right. It's so much harder than it is for us watching. So, yeah, like, it would feel more accurate maybe, but it would feel less human. You know, like, we wouldn't have that human error. It wouldn't be as exciting. So, on that little part, you know, I'd still be a baseball fan. But it would be a little different. And I think you don't want to rob sports. And, look, I don't – I'm not saying that we want things to be unfair, but some right. of these little nuances and little – little pieces of character that are in sports, if you just take it all out and make it sterile and just everything's black and white, you do take a lot of what makes sports great out of it, right? Look at no fans, you know? Well, no, no I was going to say, look at your false start in the first swim, uh, the swim championship. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they had a robot or whatever to say, hey, restart, you know, or whatever, and that didn't happen, the whole race would be different. Absolutely. And look, I guess that's a, that's a racer, um, like one of the swimmers errors. That's not a, an officiating, but it's the same thing. You know, if no, we had racers who couldn't leave until just set and they never fall started, there's one thing that would have taken away a result for us. So right. I, I definitely agree with you. That's a huge part of it because we're all human. No matter how much money Mike Trout and Pat Mahomes are making, they're still human, you know? So yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think having human refs too creates this, 
constant tension throughout a game. And if you're going to have robot refs or whatever, I think you lose that too. And I think the refs, not that they're against players or teams or whatever, but the refs first players is, you know, a part of the game as well. <laughs> and when you take that out of it, you're kind of losing an added tension to the game. And I think that's, you know, another thing at the core of all of sports. Very cool. That's a good point. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up a lot of my questions. Like Vito, it was just incredible hearing all these last final thoughts from you in your last day in office, I guess. Um, but we're not done yet. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. We're going to do top five draft order. Um, I don't know who go first. I think Aiden will figure that part out. But sure. top five draft <laughs> order of CBA. We'll go faculty members just to keep it a, a little more refined. <laughs> Athletes and everything else. But yeah. We'll go faculty members. It can be from your time at CBA, people there now, if you really want to throw people under the bus. But, uh, yeah. So, Aiden. So, this is like the Mount Rushmore plus one. Plus one, exactly. yeah. Because we can't, we can't be, we got to make it our yeah. own a little bit. So, we throw an extra one on there. Um, I, I mean, I always think the guest should have the first pick. So, we'll give that to Vito. And then, <laughs> Cole, do you want the swing? Or do you want me? In the, or? I, I love All right. It. So, I'll go second then. That's what we'll do. All right. So no pressure, oh. coach. But uh. no, it's, this is this is this is an easy one. I mean, there's a billion people to to choose from, obviously. But uh, you, when you're talking about the top five, you got to start where legends start, and that's Dan Keen, right? I mean, yeah. look, Keen, if you look at his resume, and I had him as a, I'm also going to say Coach Keen because I had him as a student. Okay. So I had him in senior American government, right? So he was a senior elective. Uh, so I'm going to speak to him as a faculty member. But if you look at his resume and the things that he accomplished in tennis and soccer, you might not find a better, a more accomplished coach out there. Yeah. So my first pick, Danky. Well, so not even anyone that maybe, you know, hired you. I mean, it's a questionable choice. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying first hey, pick I on the table. Let's just keep moving. Kind of career coach. I don't know, but it's cool. Well, it's your first right. pick. It's, it's fine. I could always come back to that. I was going to end with that. There you go. <laughs> Not sure it'll work like that, though. I don't, you know, you, you got to play the draft. You're going to steal uh, from me now. Now you can go in for the steal. Not yet. I, I have to. I think this pick, this first pick was kind of made up in my mind from the get-go when Jack told me we were doing that. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, Coach, you've been a huge supporter of the show. But I think the most active uh, social media supporter, just in general, staying up to date with everything we've done, and a former teacher myself and Coleman, is Mr. Noonan. There's no question. He has been out there. He retweets all of our stuff. He loves it. And it's awesome. I mean, it's just like we need that. He's connecting us back to the CBA community because – you know, in our, our handle, it says BC, Senior Quotes. But we're still a CBA show. We still talk about it all the time. I mean, that's yeah. not gone. So, for sure, we need that always. And he's always been so supportive. Gotten us in touch with Tony Reale. I mean, we forget yeah. about that. So, obviously, Mr. Noonan, number also, one. Coach and, Coach and Tony Reale are slowly becoming each other. Right. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Well, I'm doing my hair more like yeah, him. Exactly. I know what it's it awesome. is. Yeah. Wait, but so my question about Mr. Noonan is, how does he figure out how to retweet before you actually tweet it out? Like, he's literally the quickest it's awesome. Twitter I've ever seen. He's amazing. So I think it's, he's either on it. with the album listening stuff. I've been doing it with him. It's a ton of fun. But Good point. He's crazy on top of For everything. Me, I think he either has, like, he might have a laptop or, like, a phone or, like, an iPad or something, like, dedicated to Twitter. Like, he just has it, like, auto-refreshing. 
Either that yeah. or he re- he picks people that have like notifications on. And every time we tweet, he's like, yeah. I got to retweet it. And we love it, whatever he does. You know, yeah. Or he has just like a staff. I think he has like a Twitter staff that works for him. It's just it's like, <laughs> maybe that's just it. The family sits down to dinner and just retweets for a minute. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> um, so both of you messed up because I'm going to have the best two first picks of this entire draft. Go for it. Wow. Right off the table, I'm going with Brother Frank. There's no question that he has to be a first-round pick. He is, outside of coach here, one of the most recognizable faces of the academy. That's and wow. I had him as a teacher freshman year. I still will talk to him whenever I see him. He's just the absolute best. So, Brother Frank is my number one there. It's number a good two, I got to go with my personal favorite teacher. No shade to anyone else, but personal favorite, my guy, Mr. Matson, the absolute oh. I love Mr. Matson. He even helped out with soccer. So he's yeah. in athletics as well. I, I just think the man is a genius and still cracks me up when I see his Twitter to this day. So <laughs> speaking, of, yeah, speaking of social media, he kills it. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. So this I, is, wait, so can, can I get a timeout? So this is a draft now. Yep. This is turned draft. We're drafting. Oh, yeah. We're not making a list. Oh. We're drafting, yeah. coach. Yeah, oh, I, I, all right. All right. I had to change my. I thought we were only going to name five. I, I'm in. No, we're, we're, we're hitting 15, I think. Hey, Gordon, too, so you're going to get wing next. <laughs> yeah, so get ready. But I, I do have to say, Brother Frank uh, went to CBA with my uncle. I mean, like, we are family friends with the Burns, mm-hmm. and he is the man. Uh, but I just couldn't not pick Mr. Noonan number two. Like, that was just kind of locked in and happening. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Matson, I mean, junior year was, was made by Mr. Matson's class. I had so much fun in it. Uh, so two great picks. I hope Mr. Matson's doing well. Hope to see Brother Frank soon at the beach or something. I got to go with my CYO leader and also a teacher and also uh, maybe like Jim. I don't know what he does now. Mr. Butler is my number two. I, wow. He's the man. Holy Cross CYO was a blast with him and my gym teacher at Holy Cross. The two did it together and it was so much fun. And just his, his class sophomore year was a blast. I know he's still just finding whatever uh, CBA needs him to do, and he'll do it all so well. So, Mr. Butler, speaking of people that bring that, like, energy and enthusiasm to whatever they do, it's awesome. Uh, you just get fired up whenever you hear him shout something at, you know, like, <laughs> at that high level. I, I can't even do it. I, I used to be really good at it, but, you know. He's, he's Mr. Butler, sure. that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Yes. Quick, quick Mr. Butler favorite memory was I went on the Montana trip with him, and I remember waking up one morning and just hearing like grunting outside. And I look out the window and Mr. Butler is like shirtless in the field, flipping tires for no yes, reason. Yeah. And it was just the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was like, guys, get out here. And it's just, <laughs> in the field. it's so awesome. My theory is a legend in the making. Yeah. Mr. Butler is a legend. He's no so question. selfless. He does so much, does so much at CBA. We're blessed to have him. What, yeah. what I will say is we had a quiz one time in his sophomore religion class. And for some reason, he didn't think we needed – or we knew that another class had had open book. And for us, he was like, you guys are the honors section. You don't need open book, whatever. And then he's like, you know what? He points at Matt Meyer. He points at the wrestler, Matt Meyer. And he goes, Meyer, 50 push-ups. And if he does 50 <laughs> – we're allowed to have the open book. So Meyer gets on the ground. He's firing them out. We're like, oh, my gosh, he's going to do it. And we, it's, we're still in Henderson at this point. The door is open. We're shouting. Like, we're going crazy, like, shouting the numbers. And we, when it hits 50, we go nuts. Like, every door you could hear in the hallway is shutting right? because we're going so crazy. It was awesome. So that was a great yeah. moment, too. Yeah. That's All awesome. right. Coach, you All got right, so back-to-back back here. You got two. 
So I have two. So this is my second and third round pick. So that's right. Knowing who you guys might go with, my second round pick I'm going to do out of respect. Okay. Now that I draft, and I'm going to give the most, and you don't even know who he is. And so this is an advantage that I have, but yeah. there is not the most influential person in Christian Brothers Academy, Lincroft's history. And if I, if I would have taken him first if I knew it was a draft, and that is Brother Andrew O'Meara. Yeah. Because none of us, and I mean none of us, would have been here if it wasn't for the vision of Brother Andrew, who came in the late 70s and really built CBA to be what it is today, right? All the buildings that you basically see, other than the new one that came out you know, a few years ago, everything was Brother Andrew's vision. And he is, if you talk to anybody from the 70s to 2009, they're going to talk about Brother Andrew being the most important person. So he's my second round pick. And he was a huge, he, um, uh, he passed away two weeks after I was a, a hired in 2008. So I did get to work with him for at least a couple of weeks. Where he left us, um, you know, and he was just a special man. And he had, he remembered everybody's name. That was his thing. You would have a clue for every person. So if you couldn't remember your name, you came back from the class of 83 and be like, what's your clue? And he could remember your name. So he was very cool. Awesome. Brother Frank, Frank now even, I, I think he does a similar thing. Like that, Brother Frank knows everyone's name same way. And I'm sure it's the same process. Same thing. Yeah, Brother Frank's really good at it too. And so Brother Frank, he's the guy who took over for Brother Andy. So, that was probably um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then my third round pick is going to be a strategic pick because I'm afraid you guys might take him. Okay. And that is Mr. Frank. Yeah. Mr. Frank. He was my third rounder. So good pick. <laughs> Mr. Frank is all-star MVP status. The guy uh, does it all. Um, but I think that my favorite thing that Mr. Frank does is the the basketball games, refing the junior senior basketball games. Yeah. Yeah. You were champ. Yeah, that's right. I feel like we have an official NBA ref yeah. games. So, uh, so Mr. Frank's my third round pick. I, I was going to bring him up during our talk about like who would want to be an official. And I was gonna be like, well, Mr. Frank would, <laughs> but then I couldn't do it. Cause I was like, I, I might save him for my pick. And I obviously didn't get to him, but uh, I think this pick makes a lot of sense because Mr. Frank was just taken. Give me Profe Wittes, one of my favorite teachers at wow. CBA. And I just think I it has to happen. If, if Frank's off the board, Profe should go right after, right back to back. It makes, it's very fitting. Profe's the best. Um, I follow you and both of them on Instagram. And I think that's it for CBA people. It's awesome. <laughs> All three, that, that makes the feed so much better. So it's great to see them. Profe's the best. Number three for me. Great choice. I like that one. Yeah. I, I really think I'm pulling out with the best team here because – Hey, man. That's, first, it's a personal thing. <laughs> I'm doubling up on the brothers and I'm going brother Joe Brienza. Oh. No, the absolute GOAT. I had him as my uh, guidance counselor for freshman, sophomore year. Me and him are absolute homies. I will see him to this day. He'll throw me a fist bump. He one time uh, comes into Miss Carroll's class and he says, Coleman, I got a present for you. I was like, we're in the middle of like class right now. What is going on? And he gives me something. I open up in the middle of class. Everyone's now looking at me. Yeah. And it's a hat that says Coleman on it, just like his that says Brienza. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what you to wear say. it to this Everyone day. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I still have it. It's my Coleman. You wear it at DC, and people are just yeah. like, they just, 
it makes sense. I don't know why it, it works, sense. but it does. <laughs> Anyone were to have a last name had, it has to be me. That is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then for here, this person was more recent um, in my CBA experience, but absolutely love the guy. Mr. Meehan is incredible. Mm, great guy. Just so great fun guy. to talk to, so energetic. And you can have like a very funny conversation with him and then also those really serious ones. So as Dean of Discipline, I absolutely love the guy and to this day still do. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, I wish he was there for longer. I mean, just to have him for senior year was great. Um, He's an awesome guy. Um, Before this pick, I want to clarify something. And it's like, coach, you're not going to be on either of our lists because that's what we do with guests. <laughs> I, we didn't say this. We forgot. And we didn't say it to our last guest when we were talking about baseball, like just like uh, personalities yeah, and sports. Didn't make the cut, I guess, we're, we're, like, we're like, Ed Randall, we're not putting you on this list, by the way. So just, just to clarify, and the reason I'm clarifying is because my fourth rounder is Mr. Lutz, who we talked about earlier. And I just feel like the two of you have both been so influential with where we are today, uh, especially with the digital network. So if I can't have you... And well, I mean, regardless, I wanted Mr. Lutz on my list and he has to be, and he did so much and is still doing so much with the DN. He's been awesome and he's got to be up there. So number four, Mr. Lutz for me. I love it. Good choice. Don't worry. I'm not taking it personally. You know, I, do I have to put myself on my own list? No, well, I'm not I mean, you can, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so my two, so, so, all right. So, wow. So this is tough because I can't, it's going to be really hard to narrow it down to just two, but I think I got a strategy. Okay. Okay. Strategy. So, um, I'm going to go fourth round pick. I'm going to go with a guy who inspired me, um, and helped me tremendously as I started out here. And that is Mike Sullivan, who was the previous swim coach. At oh, Sp- works at Navisink now. Uh, That's so I know right. Mike very well. Yeah. So Mike, 18 years at CBA, he even taught at CBA for a period of time as well. And so if it wasn't for Mike, the team wouldn't have been where it was, and I wouldn't have had the opportunity that I did. So I owe a lot to Mike um, and Coach Selly, as we call him. And then strategic fifth round pick, and it's a futures pick, okay? Ooh. It's here. And that is I'm banking on the incredible success of Mike Mazzucaro. Yeah. But he's already been a successful athlete. He's already been a successful coach. He's already been a successful teacher. I know he's going to crush it as AD. So, putting Coach Coach Mike. No complaints there. That's a great pick. Uh, I didn't realize this was a, a you know futures thing. Like where we're also talking about you know how how great they're going to be at CBA in the future. Maybe would have changed. So draft and follow. We call that a draft and following. There you go. Yeah, it's a fantasy league. You know, we, we got some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm realizing now that my draft is very teacher based. It's not, not really the sports. I feel like you guys covered a lot of the coaching and I'm going to continue with that. With my final pick, I don't like, I don't like science, right? I, I just was not a fan. Like I really, you know, I'm going into junior year. I'm like physics. Like I really have to take whatever I was taking. Like, I don't want to do this. And I, I meet Mr. Dash and he made physics. He just made class so much fun. And then I also was talking to him about the Yankees every day as well. So that was great too. But he's just the best. Mr. Dash, number five for me, had to be on the list. Um, again, just brought fun to the you – know, it's kind of in a CBA way where you can kind of mess with the kids a little bit in a very fun way and also make it fun at the same time in class. Just so many things I feel like other schools don't really relate to as well. He is just such a great teacher, and he'll, he'll be how I cap my list off. Um, Love it. Great choice. Mr. Dash yeah. is the best. He's awesome. All right, so finish it off, Cole. Yeah, so – 
I don't have a female pick yet, and I think I should, uh, because there's a lot of great female uh, teachers and staff at CBA at an all-guy school. So this is a personal favorite of mine, one of my favorite teachers, maybe right around the area of Mattson and Noonan, but Miss Carroll. I yep. absolutely love Miss Carroll. She's been at the school for so long. She's – I've seen the old yearbooks. Like, she's been around for a very, very long time. It I seems have. Like she taught me freshman history. Yeah, I, I, had her, I had her sophomore and senior year, um, but just an awesome person, a great person to go back to and, and chat with and catch up with. We went on some incredible field trips, too, that were really, really fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Miss Carroll has to give a quick shout-out. That's a great way to wrap it up. She is a committed LaSallean educator. She yeah, loves, definitely. loves She's made it her life and her vocation. So I was going to say, talk about being mission-driven, right? That's been a theme wow. of today. Perfect to, to end on with yeah. Miss Carroll, yeah. Well, okay. Um, it's I I also wanted to get Coach Billet and Mr. O'Connor in there. Hey, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? We can't. We, we're yeah, like, why? I, I thought we were done. We are done. But oh. I think Coach is saying, why are we talking about more than five people? I mean, you can give your respect and I'm shout outs, but it's a five-person list. <laughs> well, you know what? It's your show. You guys can do whatever you want. You can, if you don't have, let them pull this. Don't let them pull this. Yeah. Now's the time to put their name out there, so when they hear it, they're not mad. So, I would have went last then and just started naming people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah let us pick ours and you will just have a full list. Yeah. <laughs> Team the system, Cole. Yeah. Well, we've been here for about, I don't know, an hour 15 and it felt like five minutes. I mean, it's always so much fun to talk to you, Coach. We are so excited for not only your weekly segment that we keep talking about, but also what you're going to do in your next career path and so on and so forth. Um, always a pleasure to have you. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Love what you're doing. And uh, I know we're going to talk soon. And uh, I'll keep up with you on Twitter and Instagram. You know oh, that. But we'll stay in touch. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to have to listen on your drive into work every day. I can't wait. That's part of my routine. But <laughs> that's going to be part go. of my I mean, routine. That's what we're giving you. You know, it's something to, you know, make those car rides go a little yep. quicker. You know? Yep. Yeah. Thanks, boys. All right. So we'll, let, we'll get our agents in touch and we'll have you Perfect. on Perfect. Perfect. I'm easy to please. You won't have a problem. Awesome. All right. Thank you Best so much. Best of luck, boys. Later, Coach, and thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next time. Touching